friend, welcome to Brilliant Business Moms, a podcast all about helping brilliant women just like you to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and we're going to have a great time together. Let's get started. So today on the show, I'm interviewing Hannah Hagman, and Hannah is a business mom that I met under a year ago when she was just starting a blog online, and it's been really interesting to see how Hannah has transitioned from that to a service-based business that is doing really well, and so I thought Hannah would be a great person to bring on the show because she hasn't had her business that long, but she's already able to to bring in an income and, and support her family, so I'm so excited to be chatting with Hannah today. Welcome to the show, Hannah. Hi, Beth, and I'm so glad to be here. So Hannah, if you could just start off telling everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got started with your online business, that would be great. Yeah, I have a pretty colorful past as far as places that I've lived. I grew up in Seattle originally, and then my family moved to Poland in Europe up on the Baltic Sea for my mom to finish her PhD in international entrepreneurialism, um, which is quite a mouthful, I know. And then we moved straight from northern Poland to Florida, which was a culture shock even for a little kid. And then we moved back to Washington, bounced around a bit. And finally, about four years ago, we moved here to Montana. And this is where I want to live for the rest of my life. It's amazing. A little bit more about me, I guess. I don't really do anything halfway. Like you said, over the last year, I've kind of transitioned a lot. That's because I've kind of gone on this long um, self-discovery, I guess, recently of as far as what kind of business I want to start. I guess to kind of give you an idea of how I don't do things halfway, the week of our wedding, which was almost 10 years ago, just crazy to say that out loud, but it was almost 10 years. Thank you. Yeah. The same week of our wedding, we went to, after that, we went to Hawaii on a honeymoon. I got a job bought my first car or my no my second car and we moved into a new apartment together. So it was a crazy week if anybody has ever been the bride at a wedding, you understand how crazy a wedding is and then if you add on all that other stuff on top of it, it just gets it's just insanity. So I do things like that. That's a little kind of glimpse into my personality, I guess. <laughs> and then like I mentioned my mom has a PhD in international entrepreneurialism. And my dad is a mechanical engineer. So I like to think that I kind of have the perfect blend of analytical thinking and creativity to run a business and to be an entrepreneur. So I definitely feel like I've come into that part of myself recently. Besides that part of my life, I'm also a mom. I have two kids. My son Nels is going to be four on Christmas Day. And Gunner, I know, he was my little (laughs) Christmas present. And my younger son Gunner is going to be two in February. So I have two little kids. I'm trying to convince my husband to have more kids, but he keeps telling me I can have... (laughs) He says he doesn't want more kids. And I, I keep thinking I should either have businesses or I should have kids, but I shouldn't have them both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, business startups take a ton of time and babies take a ton of time. And it, there's just a certain point where even ambitious person like me can only do so much in, in one day. That is so true. A, a growing a new business is a lot like having a baby, <laughs> I think. Although I'm new to the baby thing, so that'll be new for me. But having a little one at home for sure, it's mm-hmm. like... 
they both need a lot of attention and care mm-hmm. and nurturing. <laughs> so. Yes, yes. But you're, I mean, and your new baby's just going to rock your world. It's going to be amazing. I know it's going to be amazing. It was amazing for me. And I, I kind of look at you as being me in a few years where your business is more mature. You have people to help you so you can take time for your baby. Whereas at this point, if I took time away from my business... I don't know that it would come out the other end. Like, I feel right. like, yeah, I, I really do yeah. at this point need to pick one or the other. But in a couple of years, hopefully, maybe I'll be able to convince them to have some more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, have more little Hagmans running around. So, Hannah, I would love to hear, because I know when we first met, we were talking about you were growing your blog, Happy Little Vikings, but you quickly transitioned from that into your service-based business. So I'd love to hear kind of like what made you decide that, kind of the reasons and strategies behind that business shift, and then, you know, how this new business of yours is going. Yeah. So it actually started well before the blog. I tried direct sales businesses and really just didn't, I just kind of didn't fit into that world very well. So I decided to take it online. I I don't remember who it was that I first saw was making a living online, but I think it was like Crystal Payne or one of the, one of the really big bloggers that talks about how she's making money blogging. And I never thought about it like that before. I always thought blogs were like for people who wanted to journal online. And silly me not thinking that they're putting all this time and energy into it, and yet they're not getting paid. Like how many, anyways, how many people would volunteer to be bloggers? It's not all <laughs> right. of them, for sure. So then I'm like, oh, well, that sounds cool. I could do that. And I was looking for something I could do from home, which was kind of my intention with the direct sales businesses. But when that failed, I had to find another, something else to do. So I thought about blogging. And so I just kind of like started. I just did it. I didn't really tell anybody. I didn't make a big deal out of it. I didn't do a big launch. I just was like, I'm going to start a blog and start putting stuff up there. And I learned a ton about conducting business online and networking with people online and finding communities to plug into, but eventually found that still I didn't fit in with the mommy blogger group. I just wasn't, it still just wasn't quite right. Hmm. I knew that online was the space I wanted to be, but blogging was not the thing I wanted to do. So I had built my blog on Squarespace and loved it and found it very easy and beautiful. And and the intention of Squarespace is to make it easy to build a beautiful website. And it was, it was so easy. And I realized it was so easy for me, but it wasn't so easy for other people. So I was thinking, why don't I use this skill that I have building websites, which has been a hobby of mine since I was like, since I got my first computer at 14, I think. And I so I started to market myself. And again, it wasn't like this big launch. It wasn't a big thing. I did have to go get a business license and establish an LLC and all that stuff. So that was kind of a big deal. But I didn't like run any ads or anything. I just realized that I had a skill and I'm living in a market that needs it because Helena, a lot of the small businesses don't have websites. And I remember when we were trying to buy our house, it was very frustrating for me to find people online and learn more about them. Because if you call them, they don't really answer their phones, being contractors and people that are busy and other businesses that you have to to work with. And so I really wanted to see them online, but there was no good option for them to be online if they didn't want to build it themselves or drop $4,000 on a custom website. So that brought up the idea of doing Hannah Hagman web design. And so that's what I've been doing is building websites for small businesses. And it's going really well. I'm booked out several months in advance. People are just kind of 
coming out of the woodwork and just saying, hey, I heard about you from such and such and such a person. And I'm thinking, I don't know that person. (laughs) But they find me and they go on my website and they send me emails or they give me a call and they're just showing up. So it's obvious that even though I didn't do any market research beforehand, the fact that people are coming out the way they are shows me that there really is a need here and that my intuition was correct which is a really hard thing to take a plunge based just on your intuition. But it just after the direct sales felt wrong and the blog felt wrong, like the web design like feels right. Like I'm good at this and the people here need me to do this. And it just feels right. uh, I am just so impressed with this, Hannah. Um, The fact that you're booked out now several months in advance and you've been doing this for less than a year. That's amazing. You're solving a problem in your local area. And so I would love to hear, because I, I know there are a lot of moms listening saying, okay, I've got a skill that I could use. I could start in my mm-hmm. local community doing some sort of service-based business, but I guarantee you what they're thinking is, how in the world do I get started? How do I earn that very first client for myself? So I'd love right. to kind of hear how how that all happened for you. So that was kind of, that's a kind of a funny story. I, okay. Everybody's going to hate me for saying this, but the way I started my business was trolling Facebook for businesses that didn't have a website link or had an inactive one and just calling them and offering my service. I essentially cold called a bunch of businesses, probably five or 10, which isn't too many. And the first guy that I called, even though I'd left a bunch of message, the very first guy I called, he called me back like three weeks later and he's like, hey, yeah, I had your voicemail in my inbox. I've been meaning to call you. And uh, when do you want to start? And I'm like, start, start what? <laughs> and he's like building my website. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's start tomorrow or whatever. You know, it was just really informal. And I was like cooking dinner. It was 4.30 in the afternoon. And I don't even know what it sounded like. It was not professional. It wasn't expected at all because I'd gone three weeks with no callbacks and nothing. And yeah, so it just was, it was just a little bit of just hitting the pavement and calling, finding a need, calling those people. Because if they don't know you exist, they can't call you back. And also understanding my market that I did have to do the calls because they wouldn't necessarily understand a marketing type email. Because Montana, well, coming from Seattle to Montana is quite a shock technologically speaking. People are pretty, pretty much in the dark ages out here. (laughs) Not totally. Like we have a lot of good tech startups like in Missoula and Billings and Bozeman and the bigger cities. But here in Helena, it's kind of, it really is the wild west and people do things differently here. So I had to understand what people would respond to. And they did. And I ended up getting a couple more callbacks and more clients that way. And then, you know, I told my friends what I was doing. Once I had a client and had something to show and say, yeah, this is a viable option and here's what I'm doing. And they would tell their friends and their friends would tell their friends. And then people would call me randomly, (laughs) people that I don't know. And another funny story is at the business boutique that we were at last month was they had those little placards that we used for name cards for on the lanyard, right? And I just wrote my business name, Hannah Hagman Web Design, right? And I had a gal stop me in the hallway and say, oh, you're a web designer. And I said, yeah, I'm a web designer. Do you need a website? She says, yes, I do. Let's talk. So we talked and I'm currently designing her website for her. So it's just, I guess, as far as putting yourself out there and getting clients, 
that's just it. It's just put yourself out there and figure out what is it that your market will respond to. If you're an online business, you know, start an email sales funnel and a launch page or a sales page or, or whatever it is that you're structuring your online business for. If it's an in-person type of thing, go find the people that need what you have. If you're a craft business, go to the craft stores, go to the farmer's market, go put your face in front of people. Cause if you don't, if you don't show up, they don't know that you exist. That is such a great point, Hannah. I mean, I just think about if you had just set up your Hannah Hagman web design website and just crossed your fingers that people would start mm-hmm. <laughs> searching for web design in Helena, Montana, you might have been waiting yeah. quite a while. I would still be um, waiting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you went out there, you found the people that you knew you could serve well, and you called them and got mm-hmm. in touch. So I love that. So Hannah, I'm curious, when someone comes, when a business owner comes to you and they want you to design a website for them, have you ever had a really demanding business owner who maybe wanted some things or some features that were maybe outside of your skill set or you just felt like this is way too much or I'm going to need to charge you way more? How do you handle kind of some of those demanding clients or even just figuring out whether or not you and that client are going to be a good fit to work together? Uh, Yes, I have already had clients like that. I think that working with clients in general, you're going to clash with them. You're going to disagree And there's going to be points where you really just want to fire them. And that's okay. And if you need to fire your client, you can. You're allowed to do that. That's okay. Even if it's your first client, you can still fire them if you need to. What I would, well, what I did to kind of try to combat that from the beginning was even though I didn't do a big fancy launch, I still had systems in place. I researched how I wanted to set up my business. I figured out what tools I was going to use, how I was going to present myself. I have the, uh, I call it my baby brand. It's really, really a baby brand, <laughs> but it's something. It's something to plant my feet on and say, this is how I do it, right? So I had my client questionnaire, my homework. I got all my kind of ideas. I, I kind of pieced together ideas from other people who had similar web design businesses using Squarespace. And so now when I go to clients, even my very first client, I have a process to stick to. I have a way that I do it. What I didn't do was stick to the way that I was supposed to do it. And that created some problems. So my best advice is to figure out how you want to do your business, communicate that clearly to your client, and you can tell if they will be a good fit for you or not. You can tell by the look on their face, the tone of their voice, if they start to disagree with you, Maybe it, that those are all kind of red flags and red flags that I should have seen and didn't. And now I'm having to basically take the brunt of all of that because they're my client. And so it's my job to do what they hired me to do because it is within my skill set. I haven't agreed to do anything I don't know how to do. It just happens to be kind of a tumultuous relationship. So Hannah, I'm curious, you said that you've already had some difficult clients and have had to fire clients. How do you approach that? Like, what do you say? Do you call them up? Do you meet in person? It's like, it feels like a breakup. I mean, how, how can you possibly do this in just like a really tactful, respectful way? Right. It is tough. And I actually haven't totally fired a client, but I did have to stop one, uh, actually several of them at a certain point because, because the website is such a big part of your business and there's so much you can do it. And there's so many ways that you can use it. 
it's almost like it kind of sends out these little fingers of ideas into different areas of the business. And they, and they think, oh, well, you can do an online calendar. Well, can you transfer my t- calendar onto, you know, my paper calendar onto the computer? And as politely as I can, I say, no, that's not what I do. But here's a resource for someone who can. Another guy wanted me to design his t-shirts. And I'm not a t-shirt designer. I'm a web designer. But I happen to know how to use graphic programs in like such as Canva and PicMonkey. So I, I, what I did was I said, I'm not going to design your t-shirts for you. For one thing, that would be way too expensive, which is always a big deterrent. Like if you want to hire me to do this, you're going to have to pay me by the hour. And that gets really expensive really fast. And most people, most of the time, people just don't want to pay you for it. But let me give you a resource so that you can either learn to do it yourself or call someone else who can do it for you. So you don't necessarily just cut them off and say, no, this is no longer like, I'm not going to do this for you, period. I try to give them then a next step to take that's not me. Right. I love that. You're like, let me, no, I can't do that for you, but here's, you know, a direction you could take. Here's someone else who might be able to help you with that. That's perfect. So I'm curious too, Hannah, you said you've got this client questionnaire. And so Mm -hmm. that really helps you determine, okay, here are their needs. Mm -hmm. Is this the type of thing that I can help them with? Are we going to be a great fit? I'd love to hear maybe some of those specific questions that you ask, because I think that'd be really eye-opening for the rest of us to kind of see, oh, okay, that's how you determine whether Mm -hmm. someone's a great fit or not. Yeah. So, and the way I use my questionnaire is... So what you're talking is kind of like an introductory questionnaire. And I do that because I'm geographically confined to my hometown here. I do that pretty much in person or on the phone. And that's how I can, that's how I vet my clients, whether or not they're going to be a good fit for me and I for them. And that I don't have a really specific one, but I do, I do like to just kind of ask really probing questions to see how much do they know about what they want, especially when you're talking technology. I have a guy who wanted me to help him with Facebook. And I said, okay, well, let's log into after he hired me and we got through the whole process because I felt like we were a good fit. I'm like, okay, log into your Facebook. And he said, well, I don't have Facebook. And I said, well, but I thought you needed help with Facebook. He's like, yeah, I need help like starting Facebook. And I'm thinking, oh, shoot, I thought he wanted something completely different. So I've learned to kind of ask those probing questions based on their situation. So, and don't be afraid to like kind of dive deep, even in like the introductory questionnaire, just because, or the introductory consultation or whatever it is, just because the more you know up front, the better. So what I use my client questionnaire for is when they do hire me, I use it to help them translate their vision onto paper in a way that I can use then to create their website. So it's a little more specific to like my business. And this is an idea that I got from Lauren Hooker over at Ellen Company. Oh, yes. She is fantastic. She's fantastic. So I basically, she said that she asks her clients or she sends them homework and gives them a questionnaire. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. So I just took that little concept and created my whole questionnaire just based on what I would need to see to build their website. I love that, Hannah. And, you know, I think one, you're so organized. And two, it's it's letting that client, it's, it 
I mean, in, in a sense, it's making them do a little bit of work, but mm-hmm. that work is so necessary because they do need to know what their vision is for their website. What is, mm-hmm. what is it, how is it going to function? How is it going to look? And so if they do that homework up front, then you know that you can have this fabulous, seamless relationship with them where, you know, their vision is very clear. And so then you yeah. can go make it happen. So I, I think that's so smart. And I hope that any other women out there who have a service-based business or are thinking about that, going that route that they will yeah get themselves organized with a really great client questionnaire yeah i think it translates over into a lot of different kinds of businesses because you can use it for a lot of different reasons i'm thinking like for a life coach you could use it to kind of gauge their like where they are in life you know so you have a really good baseline of where to start talking to them because once you're on the clock all that stuff is going to cost them money And so I figure if I have them do it beforehand, before I start charging them by the hour, first of all, I know that they're invested. Second of all, I have a really clear, like essentially step-by-step instructions of what they want, or I can tell that they don't know what they want. And so I can help them even better that way. And maybe even recommend some different services to them of mine or of someone else's. So I think it can be translated into many different types of service-based businesses as far, like for people that are working with customers, as far as just getting to know your customer better on their time before they have to start paying you. Right. That is so true. So Hannah, I'm curious with your web design business, from an outsider's perspective, it seems appealing to me because it doesn't seem like there's necessarily a lot of startup costs involved, but I'd love to hear from you, you know, what were those expenses like just to get started and get going and and get that first client? I love this question because it's so encouraging to answer it and say my startup cost was less than $300. And that's, yeah, right. And that's only because my kid broke the screen on my last Windows Surface. And so I had to buy a new use or a new to me used one off of Craigslist for $200. Like, Ah. I mean, it takes all you need is a working computer and an internet connection. And we already had internet in the house. So I guess if you're really starting from scratch, you have to get internet, then that might add a little bit more. But I mean, it really takes almost nothing. There's so many good like free tools out there. And Squarespace, I started my website and I started it on month to month because I didn't have the year, the annual cost up front. So it's like 15 bucks a month to pay for my Hannah Hagman web design website. So, I mean, really, it's like pocket change. And if you already have a computer, all you need is your business license and $16 to start your Squarespace account. Like, and the, for me, the business license was like 70 bucks. Okay. That's awesome. You know, I just compare that to people who are getting started blogging or with Mm -hmm. an online shop, which obviously both are fabulous ways to earn an income online. And I do a combination kind of of both, but there are a lot more expenses, you know, especially if you're creating a product, you've got all of your product expenses up front and tools you might need to create those products. Yeah. So I, I, I just think that's really exciting that, that you could get started with, with a business that's bringing you a steady income every month. And it was 300 bucks to get started. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I want to talk about my because I actually have two businesses and I'm, I funded the other one completely differently. So I want to tell you about that okay, really quick too. Sure. So I also have a online or I'm starting an online directory for contractors in Helena. I mentioned earlier that I was having a hard time finding people to help me with the house because none of them are online. It's all word of mouth. So I found another niche that needed it. Well, that one required a $3,000 software to get started. 
So I'm thinking, holy moly, I don't have $3,000 in my pocket. But I came up with two options for funding. One is I called all the contractors that I knew, which was, I think, three. And I asked them about my idea. And I just explained, like, look, this is A, B, C, D, E, F, G, how I want to do it. This is what it would cost you. Does that sound like a good idea? And would you buy into it? And every single one, I got a resounding, yes, when do you start? And can I write you a check? So I'm thinking, okay, so this is a gold mine. So what I'm going to do is go after the first of the year, which is my timeline. I'm going to go back to those contractors and say, okay, I'm ready to start. Can you write me a check for, you know, 300 bucks as startup cost? And you're going to get first in line. You get all this free stuff once I start. Da, 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 da. So if I can get 10 people to buy in, First of all, I've done my market research and I know the business will succeed because people are buying it before it even exists. And I have all my startup capital that I need to buy the software. So there's, even if you have something, tools that you need to buy, there are ways to get funding. Yes, Hannah, that is amazing. <laughs> and I love it too, because again, you're solving their problem. So they're like, yes, like, mm -hmm. let me hand you my money. And two, you're able to give them that benefit because mm -hmm. yes, they're contributing more than, you know, your the new directory members down the road would contribute, but you're giving mm -hmm. them those benefits for, mm -hmm. you know, being a founding member. That is so, so smart. Thanks. <laughs> I'm so excited for this director. You're going to have to email me and let me know when it's live. So check it out. <laughs> I will. Add it to, we'll add it to your page too in the yeah. show notes so we can awesome. show people how awesome you are. <laughs> <laughs> so I am curious. Now, I have to say, you strike me as someone who is relatively confident and self-assured. <laughs> you know, you were confident enough to cold call these business owners. And now with this, this new directory, you're calling mm. the contractors, you know. But I would love to know, did you deal with any doubt or just feeling nervous or like, oh gosh, I don't have enough skills to really do this and maybe I maybe I don't have it what it takes kind of mentality. Did you deal with any of that when you were first getting started with this business? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my, and still, are you kidding me? It is so nerve wracking cold calling people, like don't, even people that you know, like I call the three contractors that go to my church. I see them every week. And for some reason, I was like crazy nervous to call them and ask them about my idea. And it was easier once I called the easiest one first, the guy that I knew the best. And when I got a positive response from him, it gave me a lot more confidence to do the next one. But yeah, it was really tough, especially and with the web design business, like calling complete strangers and leaving a voicemail or if if they pick up the phone, I have to actually like talk to them one on one. And what am I going right. to say? What if I stutter? What if I, you know, what if? And so I just decided that I have a really big dream and it's a good one and it's going to change our lives. It's going to change the lives of our children. It's going to change the lives of our parents. And I have the power to do that, but not if I succumb to my fear. And fear is perfectly natural and it happens and it's there for a reason. So let it come and then let it pass and then just make the phone call and call and be to bring up an old cliche, fake it till you make it like be the confident and professional and experienced web designer. You know, you will be in three years, but you have to be today to impress this one person right now because you just need that one person to say yes. And if they say no, that's okay. Then you just go to the next person and maybe they'll say yes. 
And you just start all over again with the cycle of fear and, and the psyching yourself out and practicing your voicemail in front of the mirror. So yes, I was afraid. Yes, I still experience a lot of self-doubt. That doesn't stop me from doing what I know is the right thing to do for my family. I love that. And amazing advice, Hannah. Like you said, the fear is always going to be there. And and you're right. You get more confidence with every every client, every win, all of those things. Although I will say too that there's always a new fear oh, <laughs> to <yes. laughs> you know, overcome. But yeah, it's, it's almost like you just have to kind of get comfortable with the fear and just realize this doesn't mean I shouldn't do this. This just means we're going to hang out for a little bit with this fear and we're going to still keep pushing forward. Yeah, exactly. So Hannah, I know that you are running this business as a stay-at-home mom. You've got two very little boys at home. Uh, What does a day in the life look like for you? How do you fit your business into your life as a mom? That's a tough one, man. It is not easy being a mom and an entrepreneur and a serial entrepreneur to boot. It's My days are chaotic. Often I don't get anything done, but that's okay. I just start I don't even start fresh the next morning. I start fresh with the next hour. Like you just keep trying. So I did sit down with my husband before I started my business. And I said, look, this is my dream. This is what we can achieve if we do this together. And we agreed on a certain amount of time that I could spend on the business until it starts making money and I can hire someone to help. And that is basically means that we eat dinner together as a family after he gets home from work. And then I go hide in my little lair and work and he puts the kids to bed. And we do that probably three or four times a week. And then whenever my kids happen to nap at the same time, like don't jinx me, please. (laughs) Whenever it happens, usually two or three times a week, I get another an extra one or two hours during nap time. And so literally I'm working in the periphery, like just when I get a minute. I'll open up my laptop or to be honest, it's already open with the website on it. And I'll just sit there and click a few things and get something done. Like it's just constant. And what I did discover after a couple of months of this kind of really chaotic working whenever I can, kids napping, what, you know, after dinner, whatever, whatever, it just got really crazy. I decided to dedicate my mornings to my home and my children. Cause if I sit with my kids, and play with them in the mornings, oftentimes in the afternoons, they don't pine for me quite as badly. So I might even get an extra couple of hours when they're watching TV in between nap time and dinner time. And that's another thing. They do watch way more TV than I wish they would, but it's the season. So that's kind of how it works. And I occasionally will put them in daycare, like they're in daycare today, because there's no way the house would be this quiet if they were here. (laughs) And I'll take an extra hour while they're there and just get some more work done when we're done here. So that's kind of what a day looks like. And as far as how I kind of put it all together is I sit down on Sunday nights with my Brilliant Life Planner, and I plan out my week and I figure out, okay, where are these blocks? What nights do I want Craig to watch the kids so that I can work? And what events do we have going on? What you know, when do I have to be gone? When do I grocery shop? When do I clean the house? When do I take a shower? I mean, I put everything in there. And by just having that kind of baseline at the beginning of the week, it makes it easier to kind of hit those hours that are for working because they're already written down. And so I know, okay, today at one o'clock when the boys go down, I'm going to try to work for an hour because it says so in my planner. So it's really chaotic and it's really kind of more rhythmic than routine, but so far it's actually working. And I'm actually working 10 to 15 hours a week, which is pretty good. Right. Wow, that's great. And yeah, you're truly working in the margins, but you're you're finding that way to to make it work. You're blocking off the work time. You still have plenty of family time too. So yeah, I, I love it. Great, great tips for other mom entrepreneurs out there for sure. Yeah. 
on managing their time. So Hannah, as we wrap up today, we love to end the podcast with either a funny or adorable mom moment. Do you have anything like that that's happened recently in your house? <laughs> my my kids are awesome. I love them to death. So my oldest son, Nels, he's almost four. He came out yesterday and his whole front of his shirt was covered with these sparkly star foam stickers that were supposed <laughs> to be in the craft cupboard. And somehow they ended up in his bedroom and he was just covered. Like his whole shirt was just covered. And he walked out strutting so proud. And he said, mom, I'm the mayor of this house. And I'm like, <laughs> awesome. I would totally vote for you. <laughs> That is too funny. He's like, all I need is some sparkles and stars sparkles. to show I'm in charge. He's the mayor. <laughs> there we go. That, I don't even know. So he doesn't cute. even know what a mayor is. I don't even know where he heard it from, but it was just, it was just one of those moments that makes, yeah, all the, everything else just worth it. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Yeah. Uh, this has been a ton of fun. And I know, I know for sure there are moms out there listening going, okay, I've got to push past my fear. I know I have a skill I can offer to people. And so I hope that you'll be that encouragement for them to get going with that, that vision they have. Yep. Can you let everybody know where is the best place for them to find you online? Yeah, my web design website is hannahagman.com. And that's really the best place to find me. There's my contact information is all on there. And I would also just like to plug that if anyone is considering doing a business like this and you need support, first of all, the Brilliant Business Moms Facebook group is fantastic and you'll find me in there or you can just shoot me an email and I would love to talk to you about it because I really love to encourage other moms to live out their dreams and to have big dreams and then make them happen. I love it. Thank you so much, Hannah. <laughs> That was such a great episode with Hannah. I just loved hearing how she's grown her business in less than a year. She's got steady clients and a steady income coming in for her family. And you know what? It happens on her time and her schedule. She's able to be home with her boys and, and grow her business in the margin. So I hope that you were really inspired and encouraged by hearing from Hannah. And if you're debating a service-based business, I hope that you'll, you'll give it a try. Hannah mentioned in the interview that she loves her Brilliant Life Planner. So the Brilliant Life Planner is actually something that I designed and created this year. It's for brilliant women just like you. It's a place to write down your great big goals, break those goals into manageable steps, and there are also weekly spreads so that you can time block your week, you can prioritize the family and work life tasks that matter most to you, as well as prioritizing the people in your life that matter most. So it's a really fabulous, beautiful planner. It's different than any other planner you've probably seen before. And so if you'd like to check it out, it is available now. You can just head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash shop and you can see all of the different Brilliant Life planners that are available in the shop. When you click on each planner listing, you'll also see a link where you can go and grab some free printable so that you can sample the planner and, you know, give it a try and see if it's something that you would like. So I encourage you to go check that out and give the Brilliant Life Planner a try. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. Brilliant.